Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is Monday, July 17th, 2023. And so let's begin as we do each week with a moment of silence to link up with all Triangles workers throughout the world, followed by a sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So just a few words of introduction about the purpose of this weekly webinar. It's twofold to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to this planetary service and to aid them in the forming of triangles. And also to create a platform for people who are already members of triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. So if you're new, or if you're not new, welcome. And we appreciate all efforts to come together to strengthen this planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work involves a daily practice, it is a commitment, of establishing lines of lighted loving co communication between yourself and two other people, visualizing a golden triangle, and then linking your triangle within the planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, we sound together the great invocation, a world prayer that is specifically suited towards distributing the energies of light and goodwill into the consciousness of all humanity, touching all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation. So this work, this practice need only take a few minutes each day, but its results and its potential are wide ranging. So we hope that you can take the time to work with us in triangles and we appreciate those efforts. So as we do each week now, let's begin with a brief visualization. Visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, visualize a triangle of the three planetary centers, the three power points within the planet, the planetary head center, Shambhala, the planetary heart center, the hierarchy, and the planetary throat center, 
humanity. Visualize the energies moving around the triangle from all directions, merging and blending, filling the triangle with light. And now within the center of the triangle, visualize a five-pointed indigo star. This is the star of the world teacher, merging east and west, past and future, radiating the energies of love wisdom. Visualize the three spheres of the three planetary centers coming into alignment and interplay and forming one sphere. This is the sphere of the new group of world servers, full of a myriad points of light, of groups and individuals in all walks of life whose lives are dedicated to the service of the plan. Now standing within the center of the sphere, we look down upon the planet Earth and we see it as full of light and aspiration. And we breathe in that light and lift it up and project it through a stream, a rainbow colored stream into the spiritual hierarchy. And we see a reciprocal response from the higher center. And we visualize this light pouring down into the new group, being released through the entire planet. Visualize the planet circulating and releasing light and love to all parts. Visualize the planet as a sacred planet. See the energy circulating through the planetary etheric body, continuing to radiate this light. We sound the invocation of light. Radiance we are and power. We stand together with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day.
Thank you. So today's theme is light, and we will be touching upon that theme again in a few weeks when we consider um, the great invocation. But it's apropos to consider this theme of light when we were working just after, a little more than a half hour ago, we passed through the exact time of the Cancer New Moon with its keynote, I build a lighted house and there and dwell. So we're within the full tide of a releasing of a very potent form of life at this uh, new moon energy. But we do know that light has been a theme and we're told it's related to the purpose which our great Lord, our Logos, established when he came to this planet all those many millions of years ago. And it symbolically embodied this theme of light in the opening verses in Genesis, in the Old Testament, where we read, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And yet, to this day, we're still working to bring about a fuller realization of that demand for light. And it's the task of the hierarchy to become the vehicle for the realization of that goal. Hence, the supreme importance, we might say, of this triangle's work, wherein we're helping to bring that light into the world by building bridges of connection between hierarchy and humanity. So this long process, which the Logos undertook and is still undertaking, was established somewhat when he reached our planet because the animal men of the day were given a spark of mind, we're told. This occurred um, in a process whereby great beings of light sacrificed themselves to give a spark of light to help forward the evolutionary journey of the life forms upon our planet. And so to this day, this sparking of the light that occurred all those many years ago, we're told is now reaching another key junction in its evolutionary journey. And those great light beings, those angels, are now awaiting the realization of their sacrifice all those many years ago, because it's said that now humanity is preparing for another fecundation, another sparking of a new and higher form of light, which it said, instead of turning animal men into thinking beings, we're now turning ordinary human beings into spiritual beings. 
we might say the soul of humanity is on the verge of being manifest. So it's a really great opportunity. And it's something that we all can contribute to. Because as a kingdom in nature, humanity is charged with being the planetary light bearer. We are the throat center. We are naturally the agency through which light and increasingly perfected light can flow and work out and thereby establish, or we're told reestablish, a divine circulatory flow of energy which had been interrupted and interfered with by humanity's materialism and selfishness. And now we're at the point where the clog in the drain can be remedied and removed and the energies can begin to flow more clearly. So the workers of the plan have as their one basic goal, the establishment of a powerhouse or focal point of light that can work out through humanity. And the promise of this light and its working out is manifest for us in the first stanza of the great invocation, whereby this invocation of light is clearly enunciated from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. The streaming forth of the vivid light of hierarchy into human minds is the essential action which the hierarchy is taking in order to prepare humanity for the return of the Christ. The more brilliantly the network is lit, the more powerful will be its effect, and the more subtle will be its foundations, and more durable will be its action. The more light is released in the network, the greater will be the effect produced in human consciousness as more energy of goodwill is enabled to flow through it. So the Tibetan speaks of the particular goal of the human kingdom, and it's an amazing one, and the seeds of it are being planted now. He says the goal is the establishment of a network of light within humanity. He sometimes calls it a network of light, but at other times he calls it a great station of light. And both of these terms, it seems, if they are pondered upon, can give us an inkling of what this future role and this unfolding role of humanity might be. For a network is something that connects various points. But a station is really one of these central points. It's a hub. So if we think of humanity as a great hub of light that connects all of the different outlets 
in the means whereby we buy our ticket to find out where our destination is. We enter into vehicles of some sort in order to be transported to different parts. We can see the indications by this use of this word of a station that our planet, and specifically he's talking here about humanity, is a means whereby energies can flow in to our planet and the means whereby energies can flow out. And humanity is charged with creating both the network and the station to the extent that we can become uh, connected to the higher realms and establish connections with the lower kingdoms in nature. But he speaks about the station of light as also connecting us with other systems within our solar system. We're told, for example, there are 150 some odd etheric planets in our solar system. So through means of our station of light, which is increasingly connected with the solar logos himself, we're receiving extra charges of light. We're perhaps charged with helping to awaken through our etheric bodies, the sparking of some of these etheric planets, helping them to come into manifestation. And he also incredibly states that humanity is charged with connecting our planet with the seven solar systems that are related to the one about whom not may be said. So we have an interstellar connection that we're charged with manifesting. And so it works through humanity, through our ability collectively, it can only under, be undertaken, of course, as a group. So collectively we're charged with it being a great generator of light, pulling in our juice from above and distributing it to all points within our system. And so we, as workers in a triangle network, we stimulate and become a subset within that larger network of light. And so we have a role to play in conjunction with all other groups who are so working to let in the light into our planet. And so each Monday we can recharge our vehicles, working with the Uranian energies that are released on Mondays, but also in our daily triangles practice. So let's now work together in our meditation. integrating as a group, focusing ourselves on the mental plane, taking our stand within the center of the cross, linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light, with all people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles Meditation Group. 
and we project a lighted band of energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, and we sound together the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Using the creative imagination, we visualize two other points of light to create a triangle of light. And now we visualize the triangle in which we are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift the consciousness to the world teacher, the heart of love at the center of the hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Hold the alignment between your triangle, the planetary network of triangles, the group soul, and the world teacher, and hold the mind open and receptive to the energy of love.
precipitation. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Together as a group, we sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere.
distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And so now I'd like to welcome Jen. Hello, Jen. Hey there, Kathy. Hi. Look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. And hello to um, everybody on this beautiful summer day. It, um, it's said that through the act of meditation carried on by the soul of an individual, and the personality of that individual, there will be created in the physical brain, a point of light. So light signifies two things, energy and matter. Light and matter are each a reflection of the other. It seems like the sun reflected in a pool of water in the winter woods. The thought of the man and the impress of the soul have found a point of harmony causing a spark of light, a thought form to be born. This thought or idea is imbued with a unique power rising as it does from the point where the human touches the heavenly. 
So what happens when many, many people, a collective of individuals, touches heaven and brings an idea down? Transformation and regeneration are guaranteed. And in the book, Treatise on White Magic, we're given a phenomenal bit of information regarding the outcome of this kind of sustained activity. It says, enough humans have now contacted the plan so that it may be safely concluded that the collective brain of the human family is susceptible to the vision and has fashioned its lighted form on the mental plane. This statement should give us pause and it should flood us with hope. It should galvanize us into unrestrained action. We were told in 1932 when that statement was written that humanity had reached critical mass and that we had touched and held soul contact deeply enough that we as a race could sense and envision the soul's intent, what we might call a plan for the evolution of all life on earth. If we had enough then, we certainly have enough now. The ideas and means whereby we will create the future world have been seen and they already exist in one mind or another. Some of these ideas started taking physical form a hundred years ago or more, and some gestating in the minds of millions of us now are on the verge of taking form. And this is all because we have over time paused just long enough in the midst of our daily rounds to meet with our souls. Who would have thought that we, with all our imperfections, have hardwired into our physiology a means through which to unite with the light and power of our souls. But we do. And sometimes this unity is instigated by the soul itself. In our lives, in your life, was there a still private moment when your senses were suddenly heightened? when your surroundings lost meaning and when you knew yourself as part of something vast and calm and wise, that was a moment of soul contact. When they happen, we don't forget them. We carry the experience with us throughout our lives though we may not know what to call it. As our lives progress, opportunity for more contact is likely brought before us this contact is very purposeful and is probably centered around meditation of one form or another. At this point in our evolution, there will be foundation to be laid that will enable not just contact with our soul, but with a glimpse of the larger clockwork of the universe. Meditation is that act of finding the voice of the silence. It's a long moment of searching for point-to-point -point contact with our soul. Another statement from White Magic, through meditation, man fans into radiant light, that point of light, which flickered into being at the time of his individualization ages past, 
and its effect on the subhuman kingdoms begins. So the contact we make with the light of our souls may originate within our personal being, but the light when created is meant for a wider use. The subhuman kingdoms, we know very well, the animal, the vegetable, and the mineral. When we have attained a certain level of radiant light within, we will naturally touch and live those lives, which still, for the most part, sleep the deep sleep of unknowing. The changes we may inspire on an energetic level will express themselves differently for each kingdom, but all will be magnetically pulled toward a more perfect embodiment by stimulating the spiritual aspect or embryonic soul within. In the case of the mineral kingdom, the forms will produce a higher level of radiation. The current sense that beneficial results can be achieved by keeping certain minerals or stones close to us is a truth. It's in its infancy right now, but apparently it's a truth. In the vegetable kingdom, the impact of our soul's light will be for the plants to have increased beauty and diversity. There will also be the evolution of new species, which will have as their objective an increase of a certain kind of vitality. And in the animal kingdom, the effect of our radiating light will be the total elimination of pain and suffering a return to the ideal conditions of the Garden of Eden. The lion will again lie down with the lamb. So it is that as the human being consciously contacts his or her soul light, we increase the probability that all life will contact theirs. What could be more fundamental to life on earth? Air water, light. On a summer's day when the light is strong, when the days are illumined well into the evening and life is abundantly in motion, how can we not notice the symbiotic relation between human evolution and light? It's said that we are made in the image and likeness of God. We know that our sun is often thought to be a physical representation of a divine light so intense that we cannot comprehend its true nature. By elegant design, our esoteric physiology offers a bridging element between the first light and the dense molecules of our forms. That very same light that is formed in our brain by way of meditation and union with our souls exists throughout our being. As we are made in the image and likeness of God, the vital building block is not carbon or water, but is light. A statement to this revelation is contained in a single sentence in Treatise on White Magic. The nucleus of every cell in the body is a point of light. This is who we are. 
the light in the cell is there in every cell of our body. It's also there in the cell of all material substance waiting to be stimulated, woken up, spun back into everyday use. This light is sometimes referred to as dark light because it is as yet hiding, encased within the form. But when the individual is under the impress of the soul, then is there a shining forth of light throughout the body as this light breaks free. Light is proof of divinity. It's a flashing forth of original intent. It's the foundational substance of creation informing all matter from within. It's on each one of us to ignite our inner atmosphere and set the indwelling light free. And then when we join our light together into one great composite sphere of light, as we do in triangles, we not only create a magnetic force great enough to overtake the wild and habitual tendencies of animal, plant, and stone, but we also impact the very fabric of the planet. In this way, the process of evolution goes on. It's our great joy to keep in the forefront of our minds that all existing forms, everything we see with our physical eyes is hiding a light. That the form is but a physical sheath housing a divine fire. Perhaps the first words ever spoken were not just a command that the great void give way to form and life come into being. Perhaps they were meant to be words of eternal guidance for the human race which was about to be born. Echoed trillions of times over epochs and millennia, the first words ever spoken still direct our evolution. Let there be light. Thank you, Jen. That was beautiful. It's interesting how you ended with this same quote that I did. Same quote. <laughs> I did read your talk ahead of time, but I didn't remember that. So, um, and I'm also very apologetic for not introducing you. This is Jen Louie, mm -hmm. who works in the publishing company here in New York. So I'm very sorry about that. Jen. No, no, no. All good. All good. <laughs> um, yeah. It's hard to come up with a question because you just covered the topic so so clearly and so beautifully. Um, but you did speak of the fact that humanity has now reached the point due to its uh, susceptibility to light, whereas the vision, I would assume the vision of the plan is becoming um, increasingly tapped by a critical mass of humanity. So what, it's a similar question that we always ask in our new moon sessions, but what evidence do you see that humanity has become increasingly susceptible to the vision? Oh my goodness, there are, <laughs> there are, are so many changes in the world happening right now. And I think everybody listening is 
well aware of them. But you know, Kathy, I read an article just last week when I was thinking about this presentation. And I think it's a good indicator of the, uh, the critical mass that has been reached and how it is being put to use and how science is backing it up. There is a study going on at the University of Cincinnati right now where they are doing a trial period of using light, just simple light to heal diseased cells and it's working. So what these researchers are doing is they are, they're actually uh, experimenting with different colors of light. The light that they're currently experimenting with is a blue light, just, just blue light. Like we can make and see a blue light. There's nothing special about it. But um, when they, uh, when they shine it on a diseased cell, it, it has an impact of uh, bringing forces back together again. And I'm going to say this very badly because I'm not a science person, but um, everything kind of goes back the way it's supposed to be. And they are actually finding that by shining blue light on disease cells, the cells normalize. So this, this speaks volumes to where we're headed in the world. Um, we're going to be talking about using light as a medicine soon, yeah. which is, uh, I would imagine something that we hadn't thought about even 15, 20 years ago, um, but we are well on our way there. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because there's a book that the Tibetan did mention it, I believe it was in Cosmic Fire called um, The Principles of Light and Color. And it was written um, I think at the end of the 19th century by a, a man named Babbitt. I forget his first name, maybe Joseph. Um, and in that book, he talks about experiments that were being done at that time with light. Um, and, I, and when you spoke of blue light, it reminded me of one of the experiments where they put children in a room um, where the light was coming through panes of glass that one was what one was a clear glass and one was light blue clear glass and light blue and they just had the children playing you know innocently in front of the light shining through those those glass panes and it had a, a tremendously calming and healing effect mm -hmm. on the children so it sort of dovetails what you're seeing mm -hmm. Uh, they have found there have been many, many studies done in uh, Green Building, actually, which I was in for a while. Uh, studies that were done on the impact of letting natural light into the built environment. It wasn't blue or green or, or reliant on color, but just natural light has, in the school setting, increased students' uh, test scores by 25%. Wow. So we're finding, we're finding that whatever it is in natural light, this light, the substance, the impact it has on our physical forms is tremendous. And then you start to add color to the light and, and all kinds of amazing things start happening. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I think that there's some interesting uh, chats in the chat box. And if I forgot to mention, if anyone would like 
to raise their hand to share a thought with Jen and the group, please uh, click on the reactions button and we will um, unmute your microphone. So Jen, would you like to, if you'd like to share anything from the chat? Sure, I'm looking through it right now. Let's see. Um, yeah, I am a point of light within a greater light, yeah. The disciples' affirmation starts off. I am a point of light within a greater light. Uh huh. So so powerful. Um, the blue white light of the Christ heals. Blue light is associated with the second ray, which binds together that which has been separated. That is so interesting. Because mm. um, Curtis, this there's an article. Um, on this study at the University of Cincinnati that I was talking about earlier, where they talk about uh, the impact that the blue light has is that it binds. And maybe you can look it up because, again, I'm going to say it very badly, but binding together is what they are trying to do with that blue light. And, um, yeah, and is, it a, is, it a, is it a laser that they're using or just shining light on... When I read the article a few times, it just says light, blue light. They call it simple blue light. Those are their yeah, like, words. Simple. Like Babbitt's experiment he was talking about. It was yeah. just putting people in front of blue light. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nothing special. We don't need to do anything special. It's just, just light. Um, one of the other amazing things about it, of course, is that light has no side effects. It's yeah. light, so it, it's all positive. Uh, let's see, Dr. Babbitt, yeah, light from the hierarchy brings us higher values and visions, yes. Um, five visions to meditate upon, all great. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, our cell walls can absorb light. This depends on the types of fats in our diets as to how well the light is absorbed and is one of the reasons plant-based fats are preferable. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Thanks for that, Teresa. The article does state that um, they're, they're kind of taking their lead from uh, plant cells. So in, in some sense, they're, they're learning from the ways that plants absorb light and applying it to the animal cell. Um, yeah, principles of light and color. There's a, I don't know if that's an article or a book when- That's the book I was mentioning. That's the book, okay, yeah. okay, great, great. Um, outdoor light is whole, yeah. yeah. Uh, is the blue light now available for light therapy like we do for seasonal affective disorder? Um, Heather, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would imagine since they're having such success with this that, oh, that's nice. <laughs> did you do that on purpose? <laughs> right now <laughs> I did. <laughs> that's great. Um, I would imagine that as this study and as this experiment moves forward, it will become a very uh, it will become known and blue light will become a very popular thing and, and will be more readily available. Um, and jumping a little bit ahead, it's, it, it's light and the color, and it's also the use of electricity at this point. They're doing experiments with um, applying very gentle 
electrical stimulation to a person's head. And apparently it is reinstating memories that had gone. So there are all kinds of things happening right now that have to do with various forms of light. Um, medicine is about to be completely altered as we move forward with these new ideas. Let's see, John, the manufacturing of silicon chips for computers is done by deep ultraviolet light. It's called deep ultraviolet lithography. It's thought that the size of chips is only limited by the frequency of light used, measured in billions of meters. And so we see the use of light in storing, processing, and creating information. Isn't that wild? Thanks, John. Thank you. Yep, Suzanne visualized blue white light while doing healing work, yes. Um, that's for Teresa, yeah. So Suzanne also says blue white light is the highest vibratory frequency in the planet. Hmm. Hmm. I suspect Kathy, and this is just me, but I think in the end, we're going to come to a realization that um, light and energy are going to remake the planet. Uh, it's how we use it. Yeah. And of course, it's, it's how it comes together inside of us, which in just the act of meditation creates it, which is a phenomenal thought, really. Um, but light and electricity, which is energy. We're going down some amazing roads right now. Um, the earth is being remade in front of our eyes. And many of us hold the vision and we're bringing the vision forward. So to your first question, Kathy, um, I think there are probably hundreds of people listening who listen to triangles over time who have ideas, ideas that probably have to do with the future world. Um, you know, as people who meditate, we can't help but come across them. <laughs> They're going yeah. to come to us. Um, and then it's kind of on us to follow them through. And that's when it's good to be associated with a group like Triangles because we can talk about these things and yeah. um, move them forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much, Jen, and thank you for the groups and for all of your comments and your attention and your spreading of the light each day through our work together in triangles. So let's just take a brief moment of silence to close out and to thank Jen for the light that she shared with the group. Thank you visualizing the planet surrounded by a network of golden triangles.